Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with uh, another edition of Movie Maniacs. Chuck and I back from a week off and ready to get rocking and rolling with some movie news. Um, movies being released in theaters. Uh, Billy Crystal, new film. Uh, and and Jason Statham with uh, Guy Ritchie, big new movie nationwide. Um, is anybody going to see it? Well, we'll discuss and we'll actually discuss the career of Billy Crystal. It's a long one. And it's uh, ups and downs for sure, but it's really a, a quite quite some really good movies in there. Chuck and I want to discuss, and uh, and he's got a new movie with Tiffany Haddish, which hits theaters this weekend as well. And, and theaters are open for business, you you know. Uh, but uh, the question is, you now Memorial Day weekend, what it's really going to look like, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but let's bring him in right now. He's a, a good friend of mine and of yours. You've been listening to him for quite some time now. I think we're up to. Boy, almost 250 episodes or something like that, Chuck. Does it feel like 250 episodes? That's a long time in our life. If you broke that down into one-hour increments over time, That's what is long- that like? How, how many? Is that a couple weeks? Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time, but it's well worth it, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Chuck, uh, we took the week off. Did you, did you get a chance to, to watch anything over the last couple of weeks? Of well, actually, I, I got I to I gotta give that some thought before I answer. But on Wednesday, I got my second COVID vaccination. Good for you. Pfizer, and the next day, I did. I got to be honest, I did feel a little bit fluish, a little bit, uh, a little tired. But I did my routine, you know, ice cream, Paula smoothie shop, running a movie sure. theater. Sure. They're not going to run well, itself. I do. And the, the, as, uh, as um, Kelly Maroney said, or, or Catherine Mary Stewart in Night of the Common, the, oh. the, bur- the burden of civilized, the civilization, civilization. Is, is on me. And yeah, I believe kind, it. Kind of bitching, ain't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember. Um, so that's a no. You haven't seen anything. That, I mean, I'm we trying got- to think. Well, I, I've been watching Fear the Walking Dead, and I like what I, I like what I see. It's pretty interesting. Other than that, it's the same routine uh, on my 64-inch high-definition 4K t- uh, TV at the ice cream parlor. I have to be honest. I watch The Man of Steel every day, and mm-hmm. Batman Begins second half on every day. Is that normal? No, I actually watched a great documentary. If you want to check it out on Netflix, uh, Sons of Sam, which is a four. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 tell me about that. It's really good. What kind uh, of footage do they have on that? All footage. It's all footage from the late seventies, early. Explain 80s. who. Let me. Can I explain? Okay, in nineteen seventy-eight, there was a serial killer roaming the streets of Brooklyn, New York, son of Sam, who killed women when they were on dates with their boyfriends in cars. Correct. Now that was the same year as the New York City blackout. Yep. Same year that the New York Yankees won the World Series. And it was a very hot summer. Hot summer. Hot. Spike Lee did that movie Summer of Sam, yep. which I liked. I know you're mixed, but I liked. I remember that summer because I, I grew up in Brooklyn. And then you'll and love, you'll love this stuff. I was very little. I don't remember that much. But I do remember getting my news in Mellon Park on 14th Street in Brooklyn, New York. People would come in the morning with the, with the daily news. That was All your right. news. All right. That's, oh, and you realize, oh, my God, this guy killed people again. Yeah. It was a very scary time. So tell me about it. uh, The city was in fear. There's no doubt about it. So tell me about this documentary. This documentary takes place um, basically after David Berkowitz gets caught. Um, There's one reporter, a rogue reporter, who if you watched a lot of Maury Povich and Geraldo Rivera back in the early What about Jimmy Breslin? 
Jimmy Breslin's in it a little bit, but this reporter actually believes that yeah. a, a cult, um, uh, a, a cult uh, f- a section uh, decided that there was more than one person. Berkowitz was involved, but other people were too. In so fact, it was like the, it was like the Druids in Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. Is kind of like that, saying? But, but but in reality, you don't believe um, that, do you? No. Um, well, it's a, he 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 lies an interesting case. He kind of yeah, gets wrapped it, all up conspiracy theorists do, though. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually tries to tie it to it. The Charles Manson cult on the West Coast. It's Hello, really are you kidding me? It's really fascinating to watch. Not that I believe any of it because I really don't. But um, I, I really thought this guy—he uh, tells now, an interesting he, he, story. Okay, so is there anybody a, uh, as a secondary backing up his story? Oh yeah, there's a oh. lot of people. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, cops and the uh, private detectives that helped him trace down. He's so they not, believe there was more than one. He's got compelling evidence that it is more than one person. So why did it stop when he was arrested? Well, you got to watch. Hey, listen, I'm not going to spoil it for people. It's a four part document on Netflix. He, they lay it all out. That's what you about liked it. it. You liked it. Yeah, I did. That's what's good about it. It was lays it well, out. Was it, was it well done? Well done. Good, um, it's actually narrated. It's actually narrated by Paul Giamatti. Um, it's really? very, very well. It's all footage from the everything you you'll remember it. Um, okay. And you, it really just lies everything out there and you decide for yourself. I personally think this guy went off the deep end a little bit and really started reaching for the stars. But there's some interview footage with Berkowitz later on in life. Um, it, it's it's quite fascinating. Early Bill O'Reilly stuff on Inside Edition. Even Richard, uh, the, the the Richard Bay show pops up. Remember the Richard Bay? Yes, show? I do. Yeah, Let me tell you a story about Richard Bay. Richard Bay used to be on a show on Channel 9 and you're called Nine Broadcast Plaza. Yes. Right. Before he got that gig, Matt Lauer had it and was fired for Richard Bay. Wow. And then Matt Lauer ultimately got the Today Show, made millions and millions of dollars. And then, well, we know what happened. Well, it was he he tried to jump on the bandwagon of shock uh, interviews and, uh, you know, the Jerry Springers of the world and all Wait, that. Richard stuff. Bay did on that show. Richard yeah. Bay. I actually went yeah. to one of his filmings in Chicago. You did. Yeah, Listen, was, uh, and, and tell me that. Tell me the big the big shock. Uh, Morton topic, Downey Jr., right? Remember, yeah, remember Morton Downey Jr.? He's Holy in the smoke. documentary as well, too. Yeah, actually. and he's in Predator 2, by the way. Yes, he is. I'm trying to think of the See, topic. We cover all bases here. I'm trying to think of the topic of the show. It had to do with threesomes with your... <laughs> it was so stupid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they cue everybody to go nuts when the king... It was actually fascinating to watch as far as television broadcasting goes, but it really was... Uh, it really was the pits of journalism back in the day. And, and what really hurts this guy's case is he went on a lot of these shows to discuss it. And he was trying to be serious. But in reality, they were kind of they were kind of just exploiting him. Right. And, that's what and they do. They would do. Hey, we're going to do a cult. Is it in your backyard? You know, and and this guy would probably he'd come on and talk about Berkowitz and say, hey, look, this is real. And he, he does have a compelling case. However, yeah. it just it goes off the rails. But I, I really recommend Netflix does a wonderful job with their long form series of documentaries. So did they have, last question, I don't want to beat the, the horse dead too long here, but did they no, a lot have of dogs uh, died? Not horses. For some no, no. Reason. But they did. Um, did they have like unique footage? Yeah. Of, of- yeah. Newsreel footage. Yes, because this that guy makes it worth a lot of his investigation. Um, That's good. Yeah, it's, it's some good stuff. Really good stuff. You'll enjoy it. I really believe that. All right, Chuck, let's talk about some movie news here before we get to uh, Fast Five and Billy Crystal. Um, I did see some interesting um, photos of the Pam and Tommy story. Did you get a chance to see it? They're all over the Internet. I, I, today. I did. That's interesting. I What's interesting about it is those two actors took th- that, those parts. I found yeah. that interesting. 
And I, Seth I, Rogen's I involved to, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why. That, I guess they, they find the material interesting enough that they got involved, which Just makes so it everybody a better knows, project. Obviously, Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee, and it's uh, Lily James who plays Pamela Anderson from Mamma Mia Two. Yeah, and, I like her. And Cinderella and uh, Sebastian Stan is Tommy Lee. Yeah, um, interesting. And they look nothing like they but do. But let's in be honest, Pam, Pam Anderson is a really interesting part of pop culture. No? I think that's why this is an interesting subject. I matter. do. I agree. I, yeah, I think this might I work agree. out and it's going to be an actual Hulu series, I believe. So it's actually uh, the movie's actually done by Craig Gillespie, who worked with Sebastian Stan for I, Tanya, too. So it does have some interesting people behind it. Um, I'll I'll watch it for sure. Remember that Motley Crue TV movie that was just awful. Hopefully this um, has a little bit more uh, substance to it. But it was really shocking to see her in that role um, as as Pamela Anderson. Um, no word yet if she'll be in barbed wire too, Chuck. No, I hope not. Chuck, I did see an interesting script ro- running around with Idris Elba attached to it. It's called Stay Frosty. I heard Des- about that. Desca- described as a throwback to 80s action movies like Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. We've heard that before. But Elba's always an interesting screen presence. Um, Stay Frosty is about an assassin after surviving a bullet to the head. He's got to try to find the person that tried to assassinate him. And it just happens he's trying to hang out with his son on Christmas as well. I got a chance to see concrete uh, cowboy on Netflix. It's a bit of a snore. Can I be honest with you? This show is all about honesty. I don't want you to lie to me, Chuck. I find him overrated. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I doesn't do a lot. He doesn't do a lot for me. I like him. Um, I I tend to, I'm not saying he's bad. I don't, I just like when you mentioned diehard Bruce Willis, he doesn't compare, but yeah, no, he doesn't. Um, and there are obviously there's long rumors that, uh, he will be the next James Bond. Maybe uh, it would be interesting. Um, I get what you're saying, but I do like him. It's not like I don't dislike have, him. I don't dislike he him. He has Just a tremendous saying. amount of screen presence. There's no doubt about it. Um, and a couple more things, Chuck. We, and, and we used to run a video store. Full disclosure, Chuck and I did. And, and one of the f- more popular videos back in the day, Chuck, was Faces of Death. Do you remember that? The, the cult, the I, cult I movie Faces I, I of do. Death. I do. That made it seem like this was basically a snuff film. You're watching. Remember, people Ma- remember go- when I when I was a little little kid. I remember my father taking me to see a, a movie called Mark of the Devil. You remember that one? I don't remember that. Oh, one, yeah, no. and, and it was they had a vo- they handed vomit bags to the audience, <laughs> and it basically was that was it was like a torture movie. Right. Like they, you, you see, like in the movie, they tawed and feathered people, and like somebody sat on a, a on a pins and neat. Like it was gross. It was like. It was a shot. It was shocking. Yeah. But it made some money. And boy, I haven't thought of vomit bags in a long time. No, you know? unless you're on a, the, on that a plane. Was, that was interesting. Yeah, go ahead. But, but I remember, remember face, Faces of Death, obviously, was a kind of a cult kind of yeah. every video store needed to have it. It yeah. was a bunch of schlock. There wasn't anything real on it for real, but it looked like people were dying and kind of a, it gained some momentum as a potential snuff film where they're actually going to make a movie based on Faces of Death um, it, it reimagined where uh, there's a film crew of reenacting all the deaths in the movie. This movie is going to get made. Um, I find it interesting. The faux documentary is going to get redone, um, if only because of the fact that it was pretty damn popular at the video store. Oftentimes people would come in and say, hey, do you have faces of death? And they'd come out with faces of death, too, and all this other stuff. But um, people that grew up in the 80s when i say faces of death they don't know exactly what we're talking about here chuck so in that respect i find it interesting that they've got enough interest to make a movie about it you know it's interesting when you talk about the video store like 
in my mind, memories pop up. Remember on like on a Friday when new movies came in from mm-hmm. the distributor and like we got certain amount of copies of each one and people came in and they were looking for that movie. And then when they were gone, they'd say, oh, here's my phone number. I really want it. Like it was so excited yeah. to see a new release on VHS. I was going to get I was going to get T-shirts made that said what's good. That's new. That's in. Because that's yeah. all they ever would say to me when they'd walk in. What's good? That's new. That's in. It was exciting. Yeah. And and uh, they ended up making six Faces of Death movies. The last one in 1996. So I thought that was and I hate to segue into this, Chuck, but we did have a passing today. I mean, it's not a huge uh, ripples in the movie world, but Tawny Katane dies at 59. Um, obviously, most popular from the White Snake videos. But I know I, she, I was a, what, it's a bummer. Well, she was very appealing and very good in Bachelor Party. Very underrated in that movie, Chuck, who plays. I the agree. Future. And that movie, listen, that movie in itself is great it, movie. It's a really good movie. It's great. It's funny. It's raunchy. It's it's really the hangover before the hangover was ever around. And and she's very appealing. And it was always mind boggling to me. Now, look, she was probably a little bit off her rocker. She beat the crap out of her husband, Chuck Finley. Well, she, I, I read she had a substance abuse issue. And, 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 it's, and that's a bummer, man. She never really materialized as a movie star, but no. I did remember seeing a movie called Witchboard that she was in, a cheesy B. People like that movie. Yeah, and that's a decent movie. Um, she'll be missed. 59's way too early. Way to too go. young. Way, way too, too young. young. But I wanted to bring that up um, before we move any further. Now, do you have any movie news? I know we want to talk a little bit about a quiet place too, which comes out Memorial Day. Knock on wood, but yeah, uh, I got a couple. I got a couple things this week in 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 uh, movie history. Nineteen sixty two, West Side Story hit number one on the Billboard ch- uh, charts soundtrack. Right, and it stayed there for fifty four consecutive weeks, becoming the only soundtrack uh, twenty weeks longer than any other soundtrack. That was my point. Twenty, so it let fifty four weeks. Yeah, number one. The only thing comparable in my mind's eye would be the uh, Staying Alive soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever from the Bee Gees in 1977 that had that kind of unbelievable impact. Now, we don't want to confuse we don't want to confuse the listeners. Staying Alive was the sequel. Staying Alive, the song was on the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. Okay, that's the album you're talking about. What's the name of the album? Saturday, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Right. Oh, OK. Yeah. The name of the song on it is staying alive. I, well, I just wanted to be clear. We're my, all about- my, my, my bad. I do make mistakes once in a while. Once in a blue moon. Yeah, I think this might be the first one. How many? Episodes- well, I know you're a big fan of staying alive, much like Beyond a Design Adventure as more be- better sequels. Talk about a forgotten sequel. What? Staying alive. Oh, my goodness. I mean, when when is the last time that's ever aired? Uh, I don't know. Stallone directed that. Let's not forget. I know he did. Yeah. And, uh, listen. Travolta looked amazing in a movie. Physically, is in the best shape of his life. Probably, yes. That he perfect. was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that that last half hour of that movie, oh boy. By the way, West Side Story. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. That teaser that they played during the Oscars. That was the best thing about the Oscars. The Oscars. It was the best thing about down, the Oscars. But yeah. I got. I watched that teaser about fifty times, Chuck. I cannot. Yeah, me wait too. To see me a hundred. Yeah, but I. You know, I liked it a lot. It was real good. Really well done, and it's in great hands. You and what tell. I liked about it is you, the film stock and the feel felt like very much like the original movie. It did, and it that's very good. Much and the time period, did. it's not. It's not updated. It's. It's in that universe of. Uh, the 50s, right? Yeah, I think. Yep. I think that's no, a great idea. Way to, way to go. Yep. What else you got? Uh, what else do I do? I, do I have um, this week in, uh, in in TV history? The 356th and final episode of Dallas aired on CBS. Wow. 
I was a big fan. Now, you know, back in the day, and, and Knott's Landing was a spinoff of Dallas. That ran even longer than Dallas. Dallas wound up running uh, from uh, 77 to 91. And then, and then you had Knott's Landing, you had Dynasty, which was big, and you had a show called Falcon Crest Falcon also Crest, on CBS. Yeah, those, yeah. those nighttime soaps were unbelievably popular. Yeah. And the Who Shot JR episode had over 100 million viewers. How so, did Dallas end? Do you re- remember? Yeah, it did. The final episode... Joel McRae did a guest stint as a guy. It was like it's a one of it was like it's a wonderful life episode where he comes in, shows Larry Hagman what his life was about. And he winds up at the end. You realize this is Joel McRae was Satan. And, and Larry Hagman, you off screen, you hear a bullet fired, meaning you think, OK, Jerry Ewing kills himself. Right. Which is a stupid ending. And the last few years of Dallas sucked. That's the truth. A great show. Well, but the writing deteriorated immensely. And, and he said they jumped the shark when they, oh, Patrick completely. Duffy came back. Yeah. No, no, no. It was fine when he came back because they needed to do that. But Patrick Duffy's Bobby Ewing was a great offset to J.R. Ewing, the character right. played by Larry Hangman, who was incredible on that show. And uh, but pop culture wise, very important TV show. And uh, J.R. Ewing was is one of the greatest villains, complex personality villains of all time in the TV series. Great. It yep. was a great show. But um, but then they revived it. And obviously, Jr. did not kill himself. No, he came back, didn't he, for a little bit? He did. And he was really good on it, too. Yeah. Old, before, but he was good. Yeah, it was right before he died, I think. He, yeah. Before he passed away. Yep. Um, well, that's interesting. You know, Chuck, let's talk quick about this Quiet Place 2 thing. Now, what's going on with Krasinski and Blunt? They, the Paramount's trying to alter. Well, I read pay. an article in Variety that uh, they're, they're fighting Paramount over what they get paid because the, the way they. It, you know, during the height of COVID, they cut a deal where A Quiet Place 2, after 45 days theatrically, is going to air on Paramount Plus, right? So yeah. It's not an upcharge. It's not an upcharge. And uh, so Paramount's coming back to them and saying, listen, we're, we're not going to make the money theatrically that we would have if, if things were normal. So we can't pay you because in their contract, in Cruise, most Tom Cruise most likely has the same contract. For Maverick and uh, Mission is Mission Impossible movies, they get a percentage of the theatrical theatrical gross, right? Not money made from uh, other a- avenues. So forty five days theatrically, it'll be pretty much burnt out by then. Um, the legs are not going to be there for them to make the money they thought they were going to make. But on the same token, I think they got to be reasonable with the studios and just it's a different world right now. It'll get back to normal, but we're not at that point. Yeah, right? you sort of got to ride. You got to ride the wave you're riding on, right? Yeah, but let's not forget that they have a little more at stake here than just being actors in this movie. They, they you know, this I is understand. Jo- they're, they're big producers behind it. They're, all their okay. money's tied into okay. it. Okay, but but I understand. Okay. But Paramount Pictures gave him a shot to yep. direct a movie, and yep. and and probably look, Kravinsky could probably go get ten million dollars to direct a movie now. He could. He could. He could. He'd be yep. a hired gun. He's right? a big, yeah, he's a big player so, so, in Hollywood now. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to, it's like me getting in, me getting you involved in radio 20 something years it's ago. Exactly like, like that. In fact, I, I would think say Variety you owe probably that out in the article. That was I would say the, you probably owe 25% of your livelihood to me. Well, yeah. Good, good luck of waiting on that check because that might get you one, <laughs> an, an ice, might get you an ice cream cone. In one I understand studio, that, in, but in, at least be shop. honest and admit it. Um, Anything else you have there? The only thing I, I, you know, since we've last gone on, um, 
don't know if he touched on this about you know Warner Brothers looking to do another MonsterVerse movie, possibly doing Son of Kong with uh, the same director as Kong vs. Godzilla. Right. Or Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, how much Kong can you do here? I mean... Let, get the get the essential ones right before you start doing these offshoots. They're still they going to do they ever going to do the remake of the re, you know the remake of the remake. I I was just watching on HBO Max on my TV here at the Ice Cream Parlor, Con, you know King Kong from '76, and I I I just I enjoy that movie. I I just I don't know maybe it's a product of its time, but I like the cast. The score is really cool. It has some big moments. Yeah, it's it's John Robaldi in a Kong in a King Kong outfit, but the they, the way they superimpose them for the most part, they do a pretty good job. I know yeah. they had a giant hand animatronic, yeah. you know, back in the day. Um, My dad actually worked at the towers. Um, when yeah. They made that movie. And he's got yeah. photos uh, standing on Kong after the last scene. Mm. So it's actually pretty amazing. It's sort of eerie to watch those twin towers, though, because you realize oh. how damn big. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it's just amazing. And then you got the twin towers do pop up in the in the, the Sons of Sam documentary as well to bring you back to the day. Um so uh, another Kong. All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'd rather see another Jurassic Park, but Ch- Mel, we're going to get that eventually. I know. Chuck, uh, let's do fast. Oh, one o- there is one other Uh-oh. thing. Oh, what else? There is other one thing. It's cinema, uh, Cinemark, and um, I saw this. And yeah. Netflix cut a deal, and and they're good. Obviously, they've now mended their relationship. Where Cinemark's going to show Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead May fourteenth for one week exclusively. AMC and Regal are going to have no part of it. They don't want to be part of that, breaking that window. But Cinemark has embraced, okay, we need product. We'll, we'll take the exclusive rights for one week before Army of the Dead lands on uh, Netflix. And that's uh, May 21st, I believe. So uh, Right. Now, see. here's the thing. I love, you know, I love zombie stuff. And I love Walking Dead is my all-time favorite show. I love Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead. I mean, Romero's is, is one of my top 10 films of all time. But I, I love his remake of Dawn of the Dead. Great cast. Really interesting stuff. Good movie. Really good movie. And I want to like this, but I got to be honest. The trailer, the storyline, why does money have importance in a zombie? I just don't, I, well, I don't understand first. that. Well, I understand. see it first. A bank, you know, a bank heist during a zombie apocalypse. I mean, okay. Let's see it first. Let's well, not I might go. I, I think I'm going to go to my cinema, which is at the Stradmall and watch it. Wow. That's, is that in uh, Dolby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. They've, uh, that was when it was AMC. They've upgraded. Cinemark's put big oh, money okay. into this. Well, that's, that'll be fun. Well, speaking you're, of you're uh, assaulting my where I live now, no, 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 just the movie theater you're going to see it in. Dawn, I've seen many movies there. Trust me, I grew mm-hmm. up going to that movie theater. Speaking right. of the Dawn of the Dead remake, let's go into Fast Five and we'll start right off the bat with uh, Ving Rames, Chuck. Uh, he's 62 years old this weekend. Um, now you could say I thought he might have been a little older, but you know what? I, I will go with Dawn of the Dead 2004 because he brought such a cool factor to that movie. So 2004. He was he was how old? 2004. He would have been 45. OK, so super cool in that movie, man. Yeah, and uh, I would with Marcellus Wallace, Jake, though. I mean, Jake, Pulp huh? Fiction, Pulp Fiction. He's yeah, I, mean, I, I know I, it's hard not. And then even as I, I liked him in a lot in Piranha, the, the, the remake, he's very good in that, too. It gets a little crazy with Piranha. I will never this. understand why he took that paycheck. To do the day, the remember the Day of the Dead remake that yeah. didn't even get to theaters. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And like, why, why are you doing this? But I do like the fact that they keep casting him in the Mission Impossible movies. He's been yeah, in I like that too. too. I do like that. He actually um, did this. The uh, he did the um, reboot of Kojak on TV, which you can right. watch yeah, on. Uh, that's right. You can, he's you very can good actor. He's a very good actor. Yeah, he's good. How about Emilio Estevez, Chuck? who is uh, he's going to be 59 this weekend. And uh, obviously he's back on the little screen. He's doing the Mighty Ducks, which I haven't gotten a chance to see yet. Me neither. I, I want to watch it. I will watch it. What do you um, think, Emilio Estevez? I mean, Breakfast Club is the first thing that comes to my mind. And he's good in St. Almost Fire. I thought he was the best part of St. Almost Fire. Yeah, I like St. Almost Fire. Uh, um, yeah, I know a lot of people like Repo Man. That was he a good did that movie, movie Judgment Night. That was, that was yeah, an interesting movie, yeah, right? That was an interesting movie. And he's funny in Loaded Weapon One with Samuel Jackson. The guy had some, and the Stakeout movies are both the of Stakeout them are good. movies were big. The stake you could argue the Stakeout movies were his biggest thing. Probably, yeah, the, especially the first one. Uh, John the first Batten one was a big it. hit. Yeah, it was a huge hit. Weird yeah, casting, it was. and it worked out. Um, yeah, it did. Uh, George Clooney, Chuck. Uh, he's hit or miss with you, I know, but substantial because he turned sixty. I know. Week. I did a thing on my other radio spot about him. Um, now, to me, he's always going to be Danny Ocean. I love the Ocean's no, movies. No, no, he's always going to be uh, he's always going to be Doug on ER for me. Well, I, I think his, I still think his best work is ER. I still think that. But if you had to say one George Clooney movie that I could watch over and over, it would be The Perfect Storm. That's a great movie. Yeah, I do. I, I like love the score. And, and, and it love... has heart. It's, uh, and it, it's very yeah. powerful. He's good. But I, I want to just say this. If I could take a time machine and go back in time, I would love to see George Clooney. Instead of Mark Wahlberg and Tim Burton with that Planet Apes re- remake, right? How about George Clooney as Taylor, James Cameron as the director? Yeah, well. There was a time where Oliver Stone was writing a screenplay. Yeah, I know. And I remember talking that. about James Cameron as the director. I remember that, yeah. Clooney would have been, he would have been the right, he would have been the right actor because Mark Wahlberg felt so miscast in that movie. Yeah. So yeah, miscast. He was. he was miscast. You know, the spaceship, this, his spaceship lands. He looks up. There's an ape. He's like, oh, it's apes. Like, yeah. there's nothing like no. Sh- it, and, and Burton uses sound stages when That's the original terrible. director. Dude, you, you, got, spent, you got you got, you know, uh, we did this, but I'm just saying we spent too much time on this already. It's just yeah. awful. It's yeah. It's and awful. I also would have loved I'd love to see Clooney 10 years ago do saw in a remake of Earthquake in the uh, in the Heston role. How I would like that? to see him. Tr- I, I really would always like to see him try to tackle that genre, at least. And, and I would, too. You know, um, and he never really does it. Um, I thought Tomorrowland is a misfire, but he's fun misfire. in that. Movie. I know he it is. is. I know. But I, I said stuff I wanted to see him do more. Right. The movie but doesn't would, match his energy. And it but just, I would have loved to see him do like an Earthquake remake yeah. 10 or 15 years ago. Yep. I did like Out of Sight, too. That's a really good uh, movie. No, he's got good work and he's yeah. good talent. Some of the stuff in his career is just—it's not for me, right? Um, Chuck, how about Albert Finney? Uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Always a great actor, nominated for five Oscars. I mean, Aaron Brockovich pops to mind right away. Aaron Brockovich is awesome. I loved him uh, in Big Fish too. I thought that's Tim Burton's yeah, best yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I I'm going to go a, a couple more. I'm going to say um, uh, Scrooge the musical. He's yeah, pretty awesome yeah, in that movie. One. And I remember his revival going to a movie theater in 1982 to see Wolfen. Yeah. That, re- that rejuvenated his career. Yeah. And, and I like that movie a lot. He got uh, Daddy Warbucks off that movie. Remember, he's. Yeah. And let me tell you something. People don't realize. Watch Wolfen. Yeah. And James Horner is the same exact score that he used in Aliens. Exact score. Exact score. And that same year, he came out with Looker, too, which was a Michael Crichton movie that was decent yeah. science fiction movie, too. He, yeah. He, he definitely had a different way about him, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, I did boy, big fish gets me every time. I love that movie. Last but like certainly not le- least, yeah. Chuck, um, maybe one of our favorite character actors of all time, at least mine. Can you believe Lance Henriksen's 81 years old this no. weekend? A bishop. No. Um, it's iconic, that character. No, it really is um, a little bit more than his villain in Hard Target, which is close. I tell you, whoever wrote the screenplay to Aliens. Well, James Cameron. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> That was again. That was a, that character. What a great screenplay! It's just smart because, especially playing off the first movie, and you know what happens with you know Ian Holm and the droid and that. Yeah, and, and like that ending. Like very few movies can up themselves and like, okay, the movie's over. Let's get our coat. Holy smoke! Like holy smoke! This movie's not over. Yeah, it's and, great. It's just gets ripped in half. He gets ripped in half. Oh, so oh. good, man. Now and Chuck he saves, um, he saves Newt. And he's always good in, in every movie he's in. He just adds a certain craziness to his roles. Now, yep. were you a fan? He did get three Golden Gold nominations for his TV series back in the 90s, Millennium. You remember that show? I where didn't watch played? it much. I know. And, and uh, he got a little bit uh, mainstream there, a little bit um, yep. back in the day. Um, but I uh, always liked him. And he's just uh, it's just uh, just a touch. Of it's interesting when you because I was watching. And I'm going to bounce into some something and go like, what is he talking about now? But I'm I, I flick it through HBO Max and on my the TV, you know, 4K. 60. Does this have anything to do with Lance Hendrickson? Probably not, right? Yeah, it does. Okay, good. I, I put on Speed Two, and I'm watching Speed Two. And he's not in that. Just no, so you know, but okay, I'm looking we'll at William, we'll I'm there. looking at William Defoe, and I'm saying to myself, you know, because he's so unusual looking. Yes. And actors, there are actors that their career is defined because they're unusual looking. Well, yeah, I mean, and Lance he, Hendrickson is he's a little unusual looking. Yeah, a little. little. William Defoe's a lot of unusual looking, and, and they've all both had long careers. And right? they have. And if you so go my, back, my, my point is if if you're matter radio, what you look like, my point is if you're if you're in radio land listening to us and you're unusual looking, you could have a good career as an actor, right? So they, take that. To, to I thought that tonight. was important for me to say. As always, um, thank you very much. If you want to go back and watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that is Lance Henriksen in that movie, too. Yeah. If you want to go way, way, way back. Yeah. Um, and he's, of course, in the original Terminator as well. He's got a good role in that um, with Paul Winfield as uh, the cops in that. All right, Chuck, you know, Billy Crystal, we're both huge fans of. He's got a new movie coming out. Back in the day when a new Billy Crystal movie came out, it, it was a pretty big deal. How old is he now? Uh, you want to take Gander a guess? I don't know. What is he, 73? He is 73. Well, he'll be I, that, 73 okay, years just, old. He just turned it. Yeah, that actually, was just yeah. a guess. That's good. Um, but back he in looks, the day, especially actually, the, I saw the trailer to this movie. Yeah, it looks appealing. he looks younger than he has in in some other stuff. Yeah, he does. And it looks like, you know, vintage, um, you know, back in back in the 90s, uh, Billy Crystal stuff. Can I post- say one thing before we start? OK, let me just go back to his, his SNL stint right now. Well, I remember we're gonna get to that, Chuck. We're going to get to that. Let's let's go okay. in chronological order. We'll get to that. I'm glad you brought that up because it is part of what we're going to do here. We want to go through Billy Crystal's career. So I really, need to be patient. The, yes, you do. Which really is right, the I, I am. Go ahead. in the 90s when he's starring in movies and starring uh, on the Oscar ceremonies. But let's go way back um, to 19 the 70s because he did have a role as a gay character, maybe probably, I mean, maybe one of the first gay characters ever on, you know, network television, Chuck, it's Jody Dallas. When he pops up on really his debut in 1977 on. So wow, I cannot believe it goes back that far. 1977. He plays Jody Dallas um, in 75 episodes. Very funny on that. He, he was show. a stand-up comedian. That's Susan Harris, who also did the golden girls, a showrunner creator. Boy, did she understand edge. And that show was oh edgy. And every actor, every character on that show was great. 
Uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you a quick story. That show was controversial in its time. Okay. When I was a little boy, I remember going to my godmother's house around the corner. Right. And I, and I remember, I don't know. I don't remember the night it aired, but I said, Oh, soap's coming on. And she said, she's a little bit of a holy roller. So she said, <laughs> that show will never air in my house. I'll break you. I'll break your fingers. If you put it on my mom and dad loved that show. That Loved show it. is great. Very funny. It's Richard Mulligan and Do you and remember do you, do you remember the when when the, when the baby when the baby got possessed and Benson went I how good that show that was show was so good. Um and and uh, Benson obviously would spin off from that and, and go yeah. I think like another 8 to 10 years. Yeah, I know I didn't like Benson as much as I like so. Well, it didn't have the edge. All the edge was taken yeah. away. Yeah, but Bill, anyway, Billy Crystal plays one of the first gay characters you'd ever yeah. see on sitcom television. Now, that same year, Chuck, I don't know if you remember this movie. He played it so well, too. Billy Crystal starred in a disaster movie in 1977. It was a TV disaster movie. I, I, and I remember watching this, Chuck, like it, it was on ABC. Okay, I remember like was it was on it? last night. It's called SST Death Flight. I don't remember it. It, it the, the pilots. Uh, I mean, this is this is. Vintage 77. Now, did he get that role off soap? You think he did it like at the same time? But this movie yeah. starred Robert Reed. As Where did it air? Pilots. Where did it air? 1977. On what network? ABC. I just the, said yeah, that. So people so get the ice get cream that. out of your ears. I said all this. <laughs> Listen to the cast yeah. of this yeah. movie. All right. Dead. SST Death Flight aired I'm on listening. ABC. Yeah. Um, Robert Reed, Lauren Green, Peter yep. Graves, um, yep. Doug McClure, Burgess Meredith. Burke Convy, Tina Louise. I mean, this is vintage. Brock Peters, Susan Strasberg, and the one and only Billy Crystal, who plays a gay. Tina Louise. Yeah, Tina Louise. That's right. Um, George Maharis. I mean, what? we're talking some big time TV stars here, Chuck. We and are. I remember Burgess Meredith dying at the end of this film and being upset. Um, it, it, it's a convoluted script about the SST and Robert Reed, your pilot. It's just great stuff. But Billy Crystal, I believe, is playing a gay character on this. He's a gay steward on this as what? well on the plane. So I knew you'd you'd find that interesting. 1977, the heyday of disaster movies. And there was a TV yeah. movie and he was in it. Was it good? Yeah. I mean, good as far as what? I mean, compared to other TV disaster you know, movies. I'll I tell you quick. I, 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 on, uh, I was on Tubi the other day. Right. So I'm looking I'm looking for things to watch in. Terror on the Fourth Floor is on. Oh yeah, so that was really that was a good one. But the the, the print looks awful. Oh my god. Well, a lot of those Tubi ones. It, get it's the four old three, ones, yeah. and the print yeah. is it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Well, Chuck, after that, yeah. after soap, he'd basically do his stand up. He'd pop up on Johnny Carson and and all these shows a lot, doing Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he, really he always did. He always did Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and he, he really wasn't in much. He has a short part in This Is Spinal Tap, and he'd pop up and. Really, his next big thing was in 1985. That one year, Lauren Michaels was not in charge of Saturday Night Live. The show was in a disastrous rut. Um, nobody wanted to be on it. So he goes out and hires Christopher Guest, Martin Short, Billy Crystal. This, I believe, was Brandon Tartikoff that took over the show. OK, I didn't time. realize that. I don't remember. And, uh, all these guys were on only one season of the show, and it uh, Jim Belushi's on it. Jim would go on and stay on, I think, another year. Uh, but there's some, you know, Fernando Lamaz, Lama, you know, he does the You Look Marvelous guys. Yeah, uh, he does. Uh, oh, I hate when that happens and stuff like I mean, he does a lot of great stuff, but it was a hired hand. All those guys left the next year when Lauren Michaels came back. But it seems like they've left the legacy for Saturday yeah. Night Live that here's one the thing, year. Here's the thing. I'm trying to I'm trying to because I don't remember it. 
I remember, but I don't remember it that well. But it always felt to me that Billy Crystal was, I don't say better than this show, but like it was a weird fit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, know, I, better, I understand. But... I understand his legacy. Right. But it was a short one year, but it felt like it just felt he felt different. And I'm going to tell you why, because and it's weird that you go from 70 from soap to 85 before he really, you yeah, know, gave... 81 was the last episode of soap to 85. Okay, but here's he the on. thing. In retrospect, I guess a lot of people didn't realize Billy Crystal, unlike he unlike some of the talent on SNL. He's a really fantastic actor. Oh, he outshines pretty much everybody on a really. Show. I mean, uh, he's a really, really good actor. And we're going to see that as we get into his movie career with his very first movie. Look, Chuck, the only movies he was really in was a, a, a little scene, a rabbit test with Joan Rivers back yeah. in 1978. Yeah. But in, in 1986, he's cast opposite George, Gregory Hines. They make running scared. And then the rest is history. This movie's fantastic. But you realize he is a guy who can act. Yes. And, it, and, and is an interesting screen presence. Very, um, very nice company. Yeah. And it's great right. action. There's great action in that movie, too. Um, these two, you can tell, got along. Um, right. There's great chemistry there. He does some of his funny bits in it. It's got great writing to it. And they you realize talked- his line delivery is so good. Perfect. And they talked often about making a sequel to this. And quite yeah. recently, he said that they kept looking for a script and nothing ever came about. Interesting. And then Gregory Hines got sick and they yeah. can never do anything. Um, but Matt, 1986, Running Scared, I would have thought by Running Scared, he was off and running on movies and he was making. He wasn't. That was really his big time scream debut. The next year, he would do The Princess Bride in a really a small role, but a memorable one opposite uh, Carol Kane in that f- very funny scene. And then he does an interesting movie, Chuck, where he stars opposite Danny DeVito with Danny DeVito directing and throw mama from the train. Um, and that was a hit. It was I a was hit. He plays straight in this, though. He's not funny yeah. much yeah. in this movie. It, it, um, the movie, he, they relied a lot on the, on the side gigs of um, the woman from the Goonies. Anne Ramsey, yeah. Anne Ramsey. Who got an Oscar nomination for this yeah, role. Yeah, I mean, she's really good. And that woman is a really interesting, unique talent. Yeah. Really and unique I talent. I believe that might have been DeVito's first movie that he directed, right? The, the first one of any substance that he directed. Um, and then after that, he would co-star with... Uh, um, Alan King in Memories of Me, uh, mm-hmm. father son. Alan King plays an extra. Billy Crystal basically plays him. You know, Alan King I liked a lot. You know he that, did, but that movie flopped. Nobody. Remember that smoke. Remember that episode in 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 uh, in uh, that Stephen King anthology where yeah. he smoking. Cat's eye. Yeah, yeah, Cat's Eye. He was damn good in that. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Yeah, uh, but Memories of Me nobody saw, and then yeah. the very next year. It really would become a superstar when Harry met Sally yeah. in 1989. And it really, I knew from the beginning of the film when he's given her the speech about men and women can never be friends. And here's why that this is just perfect casting, perfect yeah. writing. It's and, great. Uh, it's really good writing and a great screen couple with Rob Reiner leading the way. As I director. agree. It's just a fantastic movie. But yeah. his next movie is his ultimate movie and his best movie. Two years later, he'd make Slitty Slickers and play Mitch Robbins, Chuck. I love that movie. That's a 10 out of 10, 4 out of 4 star. Perfect vehicle for a comic talent. Absolutely. Uh, And it's got a lot of heart. It's got great co-stars, which he plays on. Heck yeah. uh, Great. uh, Heck yeah. 
Yeah. The, the thing you notice about him is very plays very well off other stars and lets other stars be funny too. And he does that a lot in city slickers with both Daniel Stern and Bruno Kirby and even the two idiot brothers uh, with David Pamer and the, yeah, the yeah. ice cream guys. I mean, it, it's just uh, everything. Uh, Lowell Gans and Bob Lou Mandel wrote that script. That script is near perfect, Chuck. Um, agree. And then, then, then baby is basically his next year. He would really his labor of love, buddy young junior, uh, Mr. Saturday night in yeah. 1992. Now it wasn't Didn't a huge money success. Though. No, no, it yeah. wasn't. And, and, and it's good. It's not great. It's almost too much heart in this movie, Chuck, you yeah, know, and that's why he got criticized because it, it was a pet project, right? He wanted to do it. It meant a lot to him. And yet the critic, the crit, a lot of the critics went after him for it. Yeah, and a lot of the critics were ready to go after him because right around this time, he starts hosting the Oscars, and he's really a grand slam, the greatest, maybe some would argue the best Oscar host ever, and he's doing yeah. a fantastic job there. Not making a lot of movies, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, 1992, after Miss Saturday Night, a big misfire. They do the sequel to City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Two big mistakes here. A, recasting John Lovitz, Bruno Kirby does not come back, and B, we don't need Jack Palance more. Yeah, let's let's just true. Absolutely. It has a flatness to it. Yeah. It does not work like the, the first one. It, it doesn't have it, it, it's missing a heartbeat. It's missing a soul. Right. It's what they call flat, a flat sequel from beginning to end. But here's the thing. I, I, I don't know what happened in real life between him and Bruno Kirby. They had a fallout of some some sort. Right. And um, it just feels I don't know. Crystal's legacy of that fallout feels weird to me. It just like, well, he'd never get back to where he was. He would never get back to where he was. I mean, there's a lot of stories that Bruno Kirby didn't get roles after that because he, you know, they had a fallout and he didn't do city slickers too. Uh, I don't know what happened. I have no idea, but uh, city slickers too missed Bruno Kirby a lot. Yeah, it did. And it missed a really good script too. It just didn't work out. Um, No, I did enjoy his 1995 uh, film the next year, Forget Paris, which a lot of people forget. It's actually a pretty funny Billy Crystal movie. If you're a fan of Billy Crystal, there's yeah. some sharp writing in this. Deborah Winger plays Deborah his Winger. wife in this movie. Another, too. In, another interesting one. And he actually directed this film too, Chuck. And I, you know, he plays a referee who falls in love with a girl and and, and the, the, the movie's told in flashbacks with a bunch of people, Joe Montana and, and the likes, telling the story of how these two met. I like this movie, Chuck. A lot of people skipped it, but I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm mixed on it. And then uh, right after that is an ultimate disaster, Chuck. You think you're going to cast best friends Robin Williams and Billy Crystal in a movie together. This can't miss, right? Yeah, right. From 1997, Father's Day. Oh, my God. Yeah, it to be a big summer movie, and it's just uh, it was hammered. It's a terrible movie. It's not funny. Um, it's a terrible subject matter. Um, and these guys don't play well off of each other. Like, surprisingly, yeah, considering the is. chemistry they have on you know stage. Um, yeah, really not a good movie at all, Chuck. And then another disaster right after it, where you remember the movie with George Marison, My Giant, another one they wanted to be a big summer yeah. movie. Yep. Uh, and uh, oh, it, I remember that. I remember that, that guy. Yeah. It's a disease. He plays a Hollywood agent who finds this giant guy who's going to star in movies. Um, he's a basketball player, right? Yeah, he's a basketball player, and it yeah. just flopped. He would rebound, though, Chuck, the very next year with an inspired script and a great director and a great co-star. And I don't think anybody, anybody really saw this movie coming, but it would become a huge hit, and that's analyzed this with Howell Ramis' as director. This movie is hysterical. Great movie. It really is a great movie. And he movie. probably needed that one. 
They both did. I think you would argue that, that you know, De Niro plays comedy really well in this, um, yeah. but they're both playing right in their wheelhouse. Right. This is De Niro as De Niro and Billy Crystal as Agree. a neurotic. Right. Agree. Yep. And then you got Harold De- Ramis directed. This movie's great. I think that's, what, a- that's what they call a high concept movie where they 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 knew the stars in the movie and then they fit the script around them. Right. Yep. They had yep. to. Yep. It's definitely one of his best movies. There's no doubt yep. about it. Um, that and Harry Met Sally and City Slickers are essential must watch. And I think another movie that's essential must watch is the movie directed. He's not in it. It was on HBO. But 61 is a really good baseball movie, Chuck, with great performances yes. from Barry Pepper. And, 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 and talk about Crystal's love of, you know, of a Mickey Mantle and the New York Yankees. That's really cool stuff. It really is. And he, and he really pays great homage to baseball movies in this in this film, too. I think it's done very. I, I mean, think he this loves movie baseball. He loves yeah, I think it. Funny. This movie could have got a theatrical release. I think it did. Remember when he went to spring training and he let him hit? Yeah. In a spring yeah. training game. Yeah. He has a couple more hits left in him in, on the big screen too, Chuck, in the early 2000s. Back-to-back, uh, back, he'd play the voice of Mike Lazowski on uh, Monsters, Inc., which my cu- kid loves. It's yeah. a huge hit with John he, Goodman. He's perfect voice guy. He does. And he has a big hit with a good casting and a, 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 a lesser-known big hit, America's Sweethearts, was a huge hit with Julia Roberts and John Cusack. Billy Crystal's one of the stars of that movie. That movie was a tremendous success, Chuck, uh, back in the day where uh, they all play uh, actors and actresses, and he's a, one of their agents. Um, and Catherine Zeta-Jones co-stars in that movie as well. Uh, Billy Crystal co-wrote that movie, and wow, it went okay. on to make a lot of movies. You remember that movie? What's it called? America's Sweethearts. I don't remember it well. I got it. I don't. Uh, well, you know. Was I sleeping through that year? What's the story? Uh, it, it, Did uh, we talk about Princess Bride? We did, yes. Okay, I must have nodded off at that point in yeah. time, Chuck. Uh, I oh, I know Carol- what happened. Remember uh, me I saying know. Carol Kane? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Remember that part? <laughs> uh, America's Sweethearts made ninety-three million dollars. I, I, I got to be honest you with you. Know that, that, and I'm Julie gonna, Roberts starred in it. So, that, all right, well, I'll just look for another co-host next week who sees okay. these movies and understands. I, I got what's a couple suggestions. On. I'll email you after the program. Um, in two thousand two, much like with City Slickers two, the sequel to a hit didn't quite work out, Chuck, and that's analyze that. I think it was too much of a good thing. Uh, they went over the top with Paul Vitti character with uh, Robert De Niro here. You don't, you know, it just didn't have the same magic. It was. I, I, and that's what happens with many a sequel. Not all. There's some good ones. Um, not horrible, but just not something that you're going to have to watch with him in it. Right. Um, and then he would co-star with The Rock and the Tooth Fairy uncredited in that movie, Chuck. I don't know if you remember Tooth Fairy. No. I do remember Tooth Fairy. Nothing to say about Rock's performance with hair in that movie. Uh, it's not good. It's, no, it's 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 done to the to a very juvenile audience. I believe Julie Andrews is in that movie as, yeah. as well. Um, and uh, he would keep continuing to do not much but TV appearances. Chuck, he did co-star with Bette Midler in a, a movie called Parental Guidance. Came out in 2012. Yeah. Um, and you probably Not don't good. remember that. Either, I do. Dude. I do. I remember being, you know, it was uh, made no money, critically drubbed. Yep. And uh, interesting co-star with Bette Midler. You had Marissa yeah. Tomei in that movie as, as well, Chuck. Um, he have, you know, he did a TV series with Josh Gad, which nobody seemed to like. And that was the comedians didn't last very long. Um, that was in 2015. Um, he'd pop up a modern family as a guest star. And, and we're at here today, Chuck. Um, his current movie. So as much as we love Billy Crystal and as great as he is on the big screen really doesn't have a huge. What's what's interesting when you went over this in in your, in your mind, you realize 
it ain't easy having a big movie career. No, it, 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 it there's a lot of misses, and it's you know what Tom Cruise has done is unique. What Tom Hanks has done is unique. Well, so is Billy Crystal to some respect, though. Too, if you to think some about respect, it. but stand up comedian, yeah. stand up comedian, TV star, Saturday oh, listen, Night Live. It's, it's a great career. I it's mean, a, and and is you know, he, you say Billy Crystal, people know who he is. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and and, and I think he's been able to weave his way into in and out of so many different air, and always a great guest star on the TV circuit too. Yeah, as, as far as uh, the the, the uh, talk shows, a um, lot of funny stories. I, I, you know, looking back, I wish he made more, you know, I wish he, he'd done more in the vein of the city slickers. And when Harry met Sally's, uh, he's a tremendous talent and he can, I write, agree. he can direct, I agree. uh, you, you know, we should have gotten a little bit more out of Billy crystal and we're getting one new. I, I I'm interested to see this movie. I'm what not are quite the reviews? sure. What are the reviews? I, I, so I was just going to ask you what the buzz I don't is. Know. On this I, movie. I, I, I don't think it has much buzz, but I don't think people are going to the theaters to see the latest Billy crystal movie here, Chuck. I mean, right. No. I mean, unfortunately, no. Um, but this is a weird time. I had fun. You have fun. I always have fun, Chuck. Um, always. You keep up the good work over there. Maybe watch America's Sweethearts this weekend. It's a funny movie. John Cusack. I know you like him. I don't know what happened. I must have been on uh, hiatus. Uh, or something. Here's what I think. You saw what? it. You don't remember it. That's what no, I, I did. I didn't see it. I know every movie mm, I've ever seen. I don't know. We, we ran a video store. I think we had 10 copies when that came out, Chuck. I'm guessing you had one of them. Maybe I just want to say, did we bring up uh, the Princess Bride? We did, uh, but we didn't bring up Beyond the Beside Adventure. It has nothing to do he with wasn't in that. No, he wasn't in that. But I sent you a text today. You didn't respond. And I said, the one thing a man could count on is the sympathy. And no, the one th- in a time of need, the one thing a man could count on is the sympathy of his bank. As Captain Michael turned to play by M- Michael Caine and Beyond the Beside Adventure, it popped in my head for some reason today. And I wrote it out in text form and sent it to you. Well, I, I is that how does one respond to that? Wilbur's comeback? By not, re- I don't by not, know respons- Wilbur's, by I don't not know responding. By not responding. Yeah, that's it's called ghosting you. And and it, the other no thing well. people can count on is you um, obsessing about a movie nobody likes. Probably. Yeah. All right, Chuck. We're done here. Uh, we'll do this again next week, my friend. Okay? Always a pleasure. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.